for the music nerds out there, what was the note that I just sang? Uh, Do you know that? Uh, I'm very curious to see if either one of us could even guess. I think you sang a C. I think it's an A. Nope. Is that an A? How you brewing? It's time to get ground to earth. I'm David. And I'm Josiah. And we're back for Unpretentious Coffee Talk once again. That's right. And today we are going to be talking about different methods for brewing from home. We're going to take a look at each method and maybe you'll discover something that you want to explore for yourself. But first, Josiah, what's in the cup? So for what's in the cup, Every single episode, David has an opportunity to win a 12-ounce bag of coffee. From your purse. (laughs) Exactly. From my bag of coffees that I fill with a bunch of 12-ounce bags of coffee from local roasters. And today, we've got a coffee from King State. All right. It's from Honduras. And David will only win this bag of coffee if he can tell me one of three tasting notes that they put on the bag. I'm ready for this one. Now, as David searches within himself, just so everybody knows, you're not wrong in what you taste. However, we're using the notes on the bag as a guideline for us to be able to figure out what we experience when we taste coffee and we'll learn and grow as each episode happens. Now, like we talked about in the last episode, I feel like I need to see the SEA wheel. I need, right. I need an assist, a phone a friend, uh, I don't know, a category here. Yeah, we need we need something to help you out. I'm going to peek. I will give you some hints because this is one of the more complex groups of flavors I've seen yet. Okay. Wow. As, um, as a whole? No, just just in our episodes. But I, So this is what I'll say. Remember our sequence? Yes. So that we discussed. So when right? the, the notes are on the bag, each note that represented it is, is in the order in which it should appear. Yeah. As you drink. And the order in which you might experience the coffee. The very first one is more generalized. Okay. The middle one is the character of the coffee. And the very last one has more to do with the experience. What? That's a hint? It is. Are they just to give you a better guess foods? at what? No. Oh, God. So one is more general. Okay. One is more specific to the character of the coffee. Okay. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tug on that. Go ahead. Thread right there. I'm gonna go with full bodied. Okay. As a descriptor. Two more. Tell me. Tell me what you're tasting. But I want to say foods, and you're telling me none of them are foods. No, there. There is a food. A food. Okay. You can do it. I'm going to go with citric acid. Okay. <clears throat> Said it confidently. And um, now something about the character of the coffee. Character. How it tastes. A specific flavor. I'm going to say caramelized. Caramelized. Or caramel. All right. Caramel. Caramelized. All right. You ready? I'm ready. 
I'm nervous about this one. So this this is the part where we reveal whether or not David gets to keep this bag of coffee. Okay. We've got visuals for each each one of the flavor notes listed on the bag. Okay. And I have to turn it around. I got one my of them. He got full bodied. Yes. Let's go. We've got red pear. Oh wow. And we wow. have sweet. Oh, sweet. Sweet. That was really general. So David gets to keep this 12-ounce bag of Hunters. And I'm going to have to like King reimburse State. you. <laughs> All right, man. I did not expect to be this successful so early on in the show. So I am feeling good. You've done a really great job. Although I didn't get that. What, what was this again? Red, red pear. Red pear. Red pear. Red pear. Specifically a red pear. Specifically red pear. So for those of you coffee roasters out there who are looking to get your coffee, maybe on a podcast that you like to listen to with two guys who are having conversation, unpretentious coffee talk, send in your coffee bags and we'll see if David can discern any of the flavors that you might've found while you were roasting the coffee. Mm, Red pear. So today we're going to be talking about different methods for brewing coffee. Yep. And as we mentioned in episode one, the world that I live in is typically home brew, and you can do right. any of these methods at home, but you can also find them in specialty coffee shops where they'll brew you a cup uh, in a particular method. Absolutely. Just like my very first experience with specialty coffee, when I was in Chattanooga, I walked into the coffee shop and they made me a Chemex. Yep. So that is a method as a pour over, is a method of brewing coffee. Um, there are two major categories for brewing coffee from what I've found, which is there is percolation and there's immersion. So percolation would be anything that is a continuously filtrated process. So you're putting water over the beans and it's going directly through the beans, extracting whatever it needs to from the coffee, going through the filter, filtering it out and going right into the carafe, just continuously. As opposed to immersion, you're going to mix all of the coffee grinds and the water together, stir them up and let it sit for a period of time. It's going to steep. And then after that period of time is done, you're going to remove all of the coffee grinds. So those are the two major methods or categories for brewing coffee. With that being said, let's first talk about percolation. First one we're going to talk about is something that I have been familiar with and have had experience with, but you actually, I don't even know that you've ever even used this method before. I have before. never used this method before, which was wild when we had begun even exploring or talking about what we would cover on this podcast, mm-hmm. that I was being opened to specific methods of brewing that I had just never used. I was familiar with them from a distance, mm-hmm. but have never had hands-on experience. Yeah. And what I will say as really quickly with percolation methods, they... From what, from what I understand, they tend to bring out more of the nuances of the coffee. Um, but I think because of that, they can be more finicky. Mm. Um, whereas with immersion methods, they're more consistent, but you're not going to pick up maybe some of the individual notes as much in the coffee. So there's some difference there. There's a give and take. Yeah, there's a give and take. Uh, but both are good methods for brewing coffee. It just depends on what you're looking for. So that being said, this first method for its namesake, percolation, we're going to look at a percolator. Let's take a look. 
Now, I'll let everybody know who is listening or watching right now that 90% of the homebrewing methods that will be placed on this table are owned by David. Uh, is that true? It is very true. It really? It is accurate. Wow. I'm, I've, I've got a real disease. Yeah. Gotta, it's, You've fallen in love. I, I have. It's romantic. I have. I could say it that way. Some, some might call it um, an addiction. All right. So... <laughs> This uh, this is a percolator, all right? Yep. So it is the, I got to try to describe it now. This is going to be fantastic for it. all of you non-visual uh, consumers of this podcast. This is uh, basically a giant carafe. It is metal, though I think there are, there are also glass percolators. Um, but it has an electric base to it, which has the heating element in it, and then has a cover. And inside we have- I love these sounds. Yeah. Mm. Clank, 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 clank. All right, so inside we have the basket, which is where the grinds go inside of. And then it's got a lid too. So because it's a bit of a violent process, the lid actually keeps the coffee grinds from coming out and ending up in the actual craft. And it sits on this stem on top of a spring, okay? Like, like so. And then this sets inside of the carafe. And so as the water heats up, it actually goes up through the stem in the center and then back down into the basket and then out the bottom. And filters through the bottom. Yeah. So can you, can you see where some of the problems might lie with the percolator? Not problems, I should say, but um, one of the detractors with the percolator. Definitely. I, my very first question was seeing the grate yeah. on the very top and thinking about how easily coffee grinds may make their way out yeah, and, and into your coffee. And maybe not even like the big grinds, but yeah, certainly like this basket here on the bottom, let me move this out of the way. This basket at the bottom, the fines can come out of these little holes. And so if you're a person that doesn't like maybe a chalkiness, you would think that as a detractor when you're drinking your coffee, it's not right. gonna be a real clean cup of coffee, mm. we could say it that way. So, and it can also be a little finicky to put in. I used to actually sit here and, and like place, there's a little slot in the bottom to hold the stem. And then I used to sit here and like try to balance it and then eyeball it to get the, drop it in. I, right. That I did blind, right? So, um, but <laughs> it took me forever. I don't know why I didn't realize you can just, you know, put the stem in ahead of time and then set the whole thing in. But work smarter, not harder. Yeah. That's what you so, got to do. Anyway, but it is consistent. You're going to get the same thing every time. And when it's done, it just sits there and stays warm for you with the heating element on the bottom. It's actually um, lowers the temperature enough so it just stays hot, doesn't keep brewing it. And I'm sure there are percolators of all different shapes and sizes that may even be more specifically curated for not allowing those vines to make their way through. And you can have a delicious cup of percolated coffee. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. That's very generous. We'll have to go on a hunt. I mean, I, I, I'm hopeful. Yeah, maybe somebody could send us uh, a couple of examples maybe of a, of a basket that doesn't let as many finds through. But anyway, it takes a little power cord at the bottom. So there you go. There it is. It's namesake, percolator. So what's next? All right, next method is certainly you're gonna be familiar because you brought this device today. And I think actually many people would be familiar with this. Look at this beast. Look at this beast. So this is just, what's funny is, and I, I looked up and we were trying to describe like, oh, you know, like a, a coffee pot and like it's what everybody has, 
had at their house at one point. It's just called a coffee maker. It is called a coffee maker. A this maker. makes coffee. Yes. So um, we have a craft at the bottom. It's got a heating element that people love because it keeps their coffee warm. Right. And a lot of times- For a long uh, time. These have uh, automated settings so it can go off for you at a certain time. Yes. And be ready so you don't even have to try to make it when you wake up in the morning. It's just ready to go. It's got the basket. In the top, we got the lid. Look at you. You've even, I didn't even see what kind of filter you had in here. You had a little metal, metal filter. This was kindly donated by my parents. Wow. You said that like you were embarrassed by that. You know? I, not at all. Never embarrassed never. of my parents okay. ever. So, um, but they do brew a full pot of this every day, and they might have two or three cups. Um, they pair it with some cream and sugar. And honestly, reminds me of my roots. Okay. Because I grew up having the coffee in the mug once I made it to that season of my life. And you put a little bit of half and half in there or whole cream. Is that what it's called? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Whipping cream. Whipping, whipping cream. cream. Whipping cream. You put whipping cream and then one Splenda in it. Okay. And it just reminds me of my very first cups of coffee. All right. Well. Comes from this beautiful bad boy right here. This exact model. This the, exact one. Uh, not no. this one. Okay. This a, is a coffee maker. This is newer to the family. Now, I will say, um, it, to give some credit, so the, what, what's the detractor here uh, with, with the coffee maker? We may not get as um, many controls as we would want to, uh, right. to extract all of the flavor from the coffee. Um, so that would certainly be a detractor. Um, but I would say that there are newer automatic drip method brewers on the market that are now, beautiful and they are a lot more programmable absolutely and they can control a lot more variables so coming, and sometimes it's arguable that they would even be better than somebody's pour over and so they're making a comeback they are they're going to come back so but they're not as cheap and there's also something really special maker. about being able to brew that large of a batch of coffee while at home for those people who have a fuller household. I'm glad you said that actually, because one of the things that I do find frustrating a little bit um, with the, what I would call more controllable methods of coffee, yeah. uh, brewing to get the most flavor out of it, man, it's hard to make big batches. Yeah. And sometimes it's like, you don't want to sit there and make three and four um, pour over methods uh, for your coffee, which will lead us into our, our next method. So in the realm of, of percolation, then maybe the top end of flavor extraction would be a pour over method. A fast friend of mine right here. This is really what I use every day. And I think it's still what you're using every day, right? It's still what I use whenever I brew from home. And this is this is a Chemex, but there's other versions like the Kalita and V60 and many other pour over style with a paper filter or maybe even a metal filter that allow you to brew these smaller batches of coffee. Exactly. So um, this just happens to be an all in one unit. Sometimes they come in two different pieces right. uh, where you have the cone at the top and then whatever vessel you're pouring into, maybe directly into your cup. So there are a lot of benefits uh, to brewing with a pour-over method. You can control the variables, right. right? So you can control the rate of the pour. You can and, and basically how the the rate at which the water is added to the grinds. Uh, you can leave room for the bloom, which is 
early on in the process where you're giving um, just a quick wetting of the beans and then allowing the CO2 gases that are trapped in those beans to be released, which would affect the flavor. We are undesirable, so we want those to be released before we then continue uh, the brewing process. It's so, also very easy to reach in and agitate or, yeah. or add some turbulence to the coffee, so that way you're able to have all of your water pull through at the right brewing time. Right. So we may have just said a lot of terms that a lot of people are going, wow, that sounds really complicated. And when you're first starting, it can be a little intimidating. Uh, so that may be one of the biggest detractors is that there just seems to be so many different places where you can go wrong, right? Right. Um, and but so- maybe to make it a little bit more friendly, we can reference the fact that this brewing method was on nearly every episode of Friends <laughs> it- ever. If you just take a look really closely behind Monica or Chandler as they're sitting in the kitchen, there's a Chemex sitting, sitting right, there. right there on their stove. That's right. So for all you Friends fans, you're like one degree of separation away from starting to brew, pour over at It's your not as difficult as it may seem. Pull up a YouTube video, take a look at how to brew a Chemex or really any pour over yeah. device, and you'll find just paying attention to those details we listed, as you experiment with it more, it becomes natural. There is now, at least for me, almost a total unconscious competence. Yeah. I don't even think while I do it. I'm able to do it mechanically. And when my when my scale breaks, I'm actually not as scared. Oh, wow. I have brewed while my scale was out of batteries. Total perfect coffee. Well, you just needed the coffee so quickly you couldn't even bother to replace the batteries first. Yes. Sometimes like, I need the caffeine. Yep, you just need it. Oh wow, man. <laughs> We may have to talk about dialing it back. Right, a you're right. Bit, you know, so. Anyway, that pretty much covers all of our percolation methods. And so after the break, we're going to talk about immersion. Let's do it. Now we're on to the land of immersia. Immersia. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about immersion methods. Right. All right, so um, maybe the most commonly known method of immersion, French press. Hailing all the way from the land of France. French. <laughs> France. Yeah. Uh, actually, I don't know if it's uh, for its namesake, if it was invented there or not. That'd be I have been curious about the origin stories of each and every single one of these as we've gone through. Yeah. Well, can you, can you, Roy, fact check, was the French press invented in france must be they don't call it a parisian press you're right right that's okay you ready for this yeah two french inventors patented in 1852 a forerunner of the french press a patent was filed by the frenchman marcel pierre paquet de jobert officially published on august 5th 1924 a coffee press was patented in the United States by Milanese designer Attilo Calimani in 1929. So in America, it was patented, that French press style mm-hmm. was patented by an Italian from Milan. But why is it called the French press then? Maybe because the forerunner to it was... Was a French inventor? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Interesting. Because it could be called an Italian press? It could be called a Milan press. American press. 
Italy seems to have like a monopoly on coffee back in the day. So like give the French. Italy gets a lot of credit. Give the French. Give the French something (laughs) to be proud of. Give them their due. All right. Well, French press. Here we are. So this particular method is actually, I like it because there's just not a lot of parts. Um, There's no separate filter. It's built into this plunger here. So basically you have a carafe of some kind. Typically it's glass. Right. Um, And then you have the plunger top. So there's a top and it has the plunger um, built into the top. And so what you basically do is fill this up with your water and the mixture grinds up with your water. You let Mm -hmm. it steep for a certain period of time. Typically you'll go ahead and, and... reattach the top, let it sit there for a while. Once it's done, you literally just push the plunger down, which pushes the grinds down, and then the desirable- What you're left with is the water. Um, That's right, brewed coffee is at the top. And then you just pour it in your cup. It's all together. Don't have to take anything apart, and just rinse and wash when you're done. So this is uh, really great for convenience. I mean, as far as there's, once you buy the device, you don't need anything else. You don't need replacement parts or filters or anything. So um, I think that that's what makes the French press so appealing. And I would say that the French press seems to be one of the the most widely used, at least in the United States. I feel like I've seen the French press when acknowledging coffee, um, maybe premium coffee or coffee at the next level. I've certainly had it for in a, most people. I've certainly had it in a fine dining restaurant before. Right. So I, I guess the the detraction I would say is that you can tend to end up with fines through the metal filter. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want a really clean cup of coffee, this may not be the best method. All right. All right. So that is the French press. Now this one you're going to have to do a little more talking because I have never used an AeroPress before. And there's a lot of my story that involves the AeroPress. I have had many an experience with AeroPress because this was the very first home brewing method that I owned. And why is that? It is because I went on a camping trip in central Florida, in the woods. I know that when people hear camping, they don't think of Florida, but that is where we are. There's like a couple months where it's... Prime time. <laughs> Where it is prime time. And we took full advantage of that prime time. All right. And we went out into the woods and we found this, uh, we stayed in this crater in the earth. And um, a, a buddy of mine brought out the AeroPress to brew us coffee one morning. And when I was going to college, I knew that I needed the ability to make myself coffee. Mostly because it was said, you know, like I need my cup of coffee before my day of yeah. work. I knew I wanted that. And so when I found out that the AeroPress was affordable, but also, um, was tactile and something that I could do on my own very easily, I had to have it. Okay. So the AeroPress is is very simple. Um, there's only a couple of pieces. It's like a giant syringe. Um, sort of. Yeah. So you you've got your um you've got your filter and you would go ahead and wet your paper filter just like you might on some other brewing methods. And then you go ahead and add it to the base. Okay. And then at that point, when when the filter is pre-wet, ready to go, you would take your coffee grinds and you would pour them in. Uh, there, there are people who do this a couple of different ways. 
I always did it upside down. So I would put this on last. Yeah, I've read about that. So you can. So I would start the process here and I would put the coffee inside. Okay. And then I would immerse it with the water and you stir it. So you, you, wouldn't, actually, you wouldn't actually have this uh, wouldn't the be filter on. on. Okay. Yep. Coffee inside. You'd fully immerse it with the water and you would stir it. And then when it was time to go, you would take this pre-wet coffee filter and the top of your AeroPress, mm -hmm. spin it over to your coffee cup. Okay. And then in a moment, you would slowly but surely press that down as evenly as you could okay. with an equal amount of pressure all the way. Is there like a, a time component to how hard you press and how long you want it to last? There's a method. It just depends on what you're going for. Okay. And then you would be completely done. Okay. It's very simple and very easy, but there are so many different ways to do it. There's an AeroPress timer app that I've had for years. And every year when they do their AeroPress World Championship, competition, mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but they'll put the recipe of the winner for that year on the app. I feel like, I'm, okay, on the app. I've seen yep. that there's a, a competition. There is. Okay. I, I believe there was even one locally, or that you can compete locally and then make your way up to okay. the I, higher ranks. And these filters are like super cheap because yeah, they're, they're so affordable. small. Right. So little amount of paper. So I think that's a big plus. But And they last you a really long time. I would say the detractor is when I look at this, it's going to make you a single cup of coffee. Yeah, it'll it'll make you a small amount of coffee. and Or... or Two um, small two batches for, small, from some friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but the advantage is speed okay. and ease. It doesn't take much more than street smarts to be able to have ground coffee, which mm -hmm. you want medium to fine grinds, and to put it in there, fully immerse it, tip it over, brew it. And you've got a cup of coffee very quickly, which is what makes it perfect for camping. You can also store it okay. very easily. I know of a couple of backpacks that you own that would have a perfect spot just for one of these. And David is very particular about what makes it into anything he travels yeah, that, with. His this backpack. Is true. This is true. His, the container, he had a metal box for a long time that yeah, he could fit anything and every. And this would have fit in the C box. It would have fit in there. It would have fit in there. All right. Well, let's go the opposite extreme then. Let's go. If this is very. Uh, simple and straightforward. Our very last method is a real wow factor. <laughs> and, I, and I have to say, before this starts, I was kind of excited that we didn't know anybody that already owned this particular brewing method so that I had an excuse to purchase it. Okay. I've only brewed on it a couple of times. I've but, only seen it brewed on a couple of times. But it's the most exciting, and that is the siphon. This is probably the most gratuitous thing that I have bought in a really long time. And, <laughs> well worth it, though. Hey, I will say really quickly, yeah. for the music nerds out there, what was the note that I just sang? Do you know that? Uh, I'm very curious to see if either one of us could even guess. Oh, um, just a little break. You know, in the in the podcast, <laughs> I think you sing a C. I think it's an A. Nope. 
Is that an A? It's an A. Look at you, perfect pitch. I'm jealous. <laughs> it's so funny because I've never done that in my entire life. And here we are talking about another moment of sublime discovery. Yes. And so you have perfect pitch uh, and a perfect palate. <laughs> no. So, right. no. No, 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 no. All right. So this is by far and away the most gratuitous purchase I've ever made. Um, it looks extremely complicated, which is what there's many wow factors about oh, this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But before we, before we get into it too much, I did do a little dive on the history of this. This is actually a lot older form of brewing than you may realize. This has been around since the 1830s. Now, what I'm wondering is what science experiment did somebody accidentally spill their coffee into to discover <laughs> this siphon it, as a brewing method? It definitely seems like it is straight out of the lab. It, I will it give you that. looks like it. Yeah, so um, there are basically, let me break down the components a little bit. Okay. So you have the holder on the bottom with the bottom bowl, and then there's this top bowl, okay? So where's, the, and this lid actually for this particular model acts as a beautiful uh, holder for the top bowl, which actually is a glass stem that comes down right. uh, the bottom of it. Okay, so we'll get into a second. So we got the bottom bowl, which is held here by this clamp, right? And so it's how you pour out of it as well. You pour from that. Um, we've got it. We need a heating element, right? Because that's what's going to make it really look like chemistry. Um, some type of burner um, on the bottom that provides a flame. And then you pour your water into the bottom first, and then you boil it essentially inside the element. And this doesn't happen isolated. Uh, actually, well, a lot of times I've seen it happen isolated. Also, a lot of times you just sit here and you kind of lean it to the side. Before totally. Before totally uh, sealing it. So there's like a, a okay. little um, rubber gasket at the top. And yeah. before we get into that, there's also like a little filter here um, in the top mm. component that separates um, the two vessels, really, uh, the yeah. bottom bowl and the top bowl. And it's actually held in by this spring. And so you actually have yep. to pull it all the way through the glass shaft on the bottom of the top bowl, and it seals the filter on the top. Okay, is that this particular model is a cloth filter, and so then you once the water is boiling, you put them on, uh, put them together, and as the water on the bottom heats up and goes from liquid to gas, the water does. It actually then moves up the tube in the center into the top component where you will then place your coffee, and then that's where the immersion's happening. So while the right. heat is on, the water stays in the top. Yep. And you mix them and let them sit for a period of time. And then the, the magic is what happens when you remove the heating element on the bottom, all of the water, water with now your extracted coffee comes down back into the bottom vessel. I have to say the very first time that I saw this happen, I was amazed. It was like a magic trick. It it is like a magic trick. I'll be honest. It really uh, especially is. Especially when the water it's goes jaw dropping up, maybe experience. When, when the water goes up because it's like defying gravity. That's exactly. the part that's amazing. It 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 truly is. And then just because you've witnessed this brewing method take place, the cup of coffee tastes ten times better. Oh yeah, the experience definitely contributes to Because it's more than just pour in water over some coffee, it makes its way through, or you set up your coffee maker, you got coffee in 30 minutes. 
this is a visual experience. I would pay just as like I would pay anybody else to make my coffee. Well, I would I'll, pay extra money for tickets to watch somebody make one. Well, that's what makes it fun at home is it's a great way to have an experience with your friends or somebody that's coming over and you want to just have uh, a wow experience with them. You break out the siphon. And you and all 10 other people who own one of these at home <laughs> can get on your Facebook group chat and Well, the crazy connect. thing is this actually used to be a more common method for brewing coffee until convenience and economy became the name of the game. I believe that. Um, in the 1900s and so, then it, it fell out of favor. But now it's on a comeback. But I will say, while it's a fun visual experience, it does make a great cup of coffee. Um, the amount of effort and the components and the complexity and then um, cleaning it up afterwards is a lot of work. Um, so there's a lot of work to it, but there is that moment when the water goes up and then the water comes back down that does make it worth it. And it, yeah, I, I can't say anything really negative outside of maybe some of those cons that you just listed because as soon as you have anybody over to the house who may want a cup of coffee, what better way to make their cup of coffee? I will say it's kind of like owning a truck. And when people that you know need to move, they're going to call you because you've got a truck. You're the truck guy. Right. I feel like that may happen with the siphon where anytime somebody comes over now, I may be forced <laughs> to brew with the siphon. Oh, he's got a siphon? Let's, let's see. Right. And I know that I'll definitely call you whenever I need a siphon. Yeah, uh, and I'll make a cup for you today. Yes, let's do it. All right, sounds great. That leads us to our one big takeaway, Josiah, which is there are a variety of home brewing methods available to you. Yes, there are. And some people are looking for speed and ease of use. Other people are looking for quality or just plain vanity <laughs> if, you're, if you want that siphon experience. Uh, from home, and none of them are wrong. You just got to find out what works for you and start enjoying it and using it. That's right. And if there was anything that you thought we could have added into the show that we might have missed, a home brewing fact, um, a method that we haven't discovered yet, go ahead and let us know at our social media. That's at G2E Podcast. And if you have any objections or suggestions or brilliant insight, maybe we'll feature it on an upcoming episode. That's all for today. Catch you on the flippity sip. Ground to Earth is produced by David Furry, Josiah Kent, and Roy Seringo. Editing by Roy Seringo and David Gardner. Video by Roy Seringo and David Gardner. Music is by David Furry, Riley Thornton, and Josiah Kent. Thanks for getting Ground to Earth with your hosts, Josiah Kent and myself, David Furry. See you next time.